ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Welcome and it is the Thursday, June 14th edition. We're back. The drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Coming up later on the program, we're going to hear from Cam Hoffman, Director of Public Relations and Content at the Greenbrier. We're going to talk to him about the name change of the Greenbrier Classic. Also, I'm going to catch up with David Kahn. From the West Virginia Power, we're going to get an update from him on the Class A affiliate of the Pittsburgh Pirates, and we're going to have that yesterday. We didn't have a show yesterday. Pittsburgh Pirates baseball airing locally on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930, so we didn't have a show yesterday. And I'm in my car. I'm just driving, heading home. I'm picking up dinner, and I get a text from David. Hey, are we still doing the show today? Oh, yeah, that's right. So I got to make it up to David. So David's going to be with us a little bit later on the program. He's happy to oblige us, man. He's happy to take care of us. So we're going to talk to him. And, of course, your phone calls coming up at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. we got a lot to get into today. First of all, let's update you on what's happening between public and private schools in the state of West Virginia. There was a proposal from school principals and athletic directors to make a separate class for sports for eight private schools in the Mountain State. Now, that was rejected by the State Board of Education today on a 6-1 vote. Now, the board members have an option. It's not used very often, but they have an option to vote the proposed rule down before it went out for a 30-day comment period. What has happened here is that um, the rule might have some legal challenges. There might be some issues because we're talking about several schools. But in the grand scheme of things, not many. We're talking about a handful of schools that are religious. So there might be an issue here that, okay, you're picking on the religious schools. And I don't think that's the case And one of the comments that was brought up in the media reports today that this isn't a public versus private. This is more of a urban versus rural. Now, yeah, the the private schools are in a situation where they're in the more affluent parts of the state. And I get that completely. I know that they have the ability to go out and get kids. And I'm not saying they're going out actively and recruiting, but they have this is nutshell terms here. Put it in the smallest terms I can. Kids can come in if a kid, let's use Spring Valley as an example. If Spring Valley um, has a certain area in which to draw upon for their enrollment, and there's a kid in that Spring Valley area, and he decides, you know what, I'm going to go to a private school. He can go to the private school. Now, if that kid's really good in basketball, then he's going to go try out for the basketball team, and he's probably going to make it if he's really good. And then all of a sudden, you get the issue where, wait a minute here, um, this really good kid has come into this private school, and all these schools are in Class A because the enrollments aren't that big at the private schools. Now, what happens is you've got, 
these smaller schools, these private schools that have the ability to admit kids from outside of a certain circle, and all of a sudden you've got four or five talented kids who are on a squad. I'm using basketball as an example. And the smaller schools in the state of West Virginia can't really draw upon a greater talent pool. That seems to be the argument. Now, where it stands now is right now the proposal was rejected by the Board of Education. There could be some legal concerns here. I'm sure this will not be the last of this, so we'll keep an eye on that. And on both sides of this, there are people with strong opinions. And I think it is fair to look at this because the private school does have the ability to draw from a bigger circle. They're a private school. They're for profit. So obviously, they're going to try to attract kids to come to their school, attract parents to bring their kids because they feel that with their curriculum, they're offering a better education. And yes, there might be some kids who take this as an opportunity to go play with some talented kids and play basketball. And there are a lot of kids who go to school who want a better education. They feel that they're going to get a better shot at college, a better shot at everything if they have this curriculum to go through. And they happen to also be talented enough to play sports. That's a really tough situation everyone's in right now. Hopefully they'll find something that makes everyone happy. But right now, 6-1 to one vote rejected by the board today, the State Board of Education. Now, some other news happening today. We'll get into um, what's going on with um, with Western Kentucky later. I'm going to save that for later in the show. They, um, they're kind of crying a little bit over athletic budgets right now. But I've been keeping an eye on the Fox, Comcast, Disney deal that's trying to happen. Disney puts out uh, a bid. Comcast comes back and says, hey, no, we're going to throw some cash in. Right now, $65 billion in cash and stock. Comcast official first bid for Fox. Uh, it's a 19% premium pre-tax over Disney's offer. I think Comcast is really serious. They want to make this happen. I was wondering what this might mean for sports content. Well, it seems that Comcast and Disney, they're both still in this right now. Comcast and Disney have offered to unload the 22 regional sports networks that are part of that deal. If the federal regulators kind of push for a move here, because Comcast and Disney have strong sports interest. Comcast would have a bigger network of sports properties. ESPN would, of course, be the flag of this bigger, broader content distribution offering if Disney got their hands on all of this. So it's interesting that Disney and Comcast are saying, okay, you know what? If regulators say, hey, there's an issue here, we'll, we'll sell that part. We'll push that aside. We don't want that if we have to. So interesting to see where that goes. And where would the regional sports networks go? Would there be a bidder come out to take them all in? How would that work? I'm curious. I like the fact that, and maybe I'm on the wrong side of this issue, but I like the fact that maybe um, 
Disney or Comcast has these properties only because uh, it offers a little stability. But at the same time, I'm I'm 50-50 on this. If I'm going to give you a, a real number here. I'm 50-50. On the one hand, I like this because it strengthens somebody's sports property. And I think it's just difficult right now to be in this medium, in this profession, media-wise. And anything that can strengthen somebody, I think, is good. But on the other hand, I've been through consolidation. I've been through downsizing, and there would be a lot of consolidation and downsizing if this happens. And maybe just maybe it's nice to have somebody out there who's a competitor. It's nice to have competition. Don't fear competition. Never fear competition because it just makes you better. That's it because you can control what you control, nothing else. And if you are worried or fearful over competition, then maybe you shouldn't be competing for anything. But the whole idea here is maybe these 22 regional sports networks go somewhere else and strengthen somebody else, and then maybe we have some more competition in the market. So I can go either way right now on this, but we'll see what the full deal is. When we come back from break, we're going to talk about the Greenbrier Classic. It's getting a name change later on. David Kahn joins us from the West Virginia Power, all on the drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to the drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. want to remind you, you can listen to the program anytime on demand. All you have to do is subscribe to The Drive with Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio. Also on TuneIn, wherever you get your podcasts, if you also are on Apple Podcasts, don't forget, leave us a five-star review or just leave us a positive review. That'll take whatever you give us. Let's talk a little golf now. We've got on the program the Director of Public Relations and Content at the Greenbrier, Cam Huffman. And I'm sure it's been a really busy time for you, Cam. Uh, you got tennis announcements coming out, but specifically today we want to talk to you about the name change of the Greenbrier Classic. And I've got to get into the habit of this now. It's a military tribute at the Greenbrier. And it seems like a lot of people were excited about this, Cam. For sure, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get in the habit of that as well. It's, uh, it's taken a little while. I've said Greenbrier Classic for so long. It's hard to get used to it. But, yeah, we're, we're excited about the name change and excited to find a, another way to honor the, the service men and women across the country that means so much to us. What was the genesis of this? Why not just do something to honor them? Why was the decision made to, to make this a full part of what the golf outing is all about? Well, our focus this year, anyway, was, was on honoring the military. The Fourth of July week, we've always kind of made it a focus. Decided this year to to make it an even bigger focus and do some some events, let military members in for free, give them a special place to watch, and then we just were, were talking about it and just decided, hey, let's just go all out. Let's 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 show our our commitment to the military and how much it means, and just just change the name and and show that that's our focus for the entire week above everything. Else. So we we've, we've done that, and I think that the message is is getting out loud and clear. What's been the response uh, from uh, military personnel or from any of the armed services? Uh, how much of a response have you got? And I'm sure it's been pretty positive. Yeah, that's, that's been one fun thing for me to watch is I've, I've kind of taken a look at the you know the Facebook and Twitter pages and the, you know there's, there's been mixed reviews out there from different people, but the, the response from the from the military people has been nothing but positive, and that's 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 the, the ones we care about the most or the, the the ones we're trying to honor. So yeah, they they. They have, have felt like it's a, a really nice gesture, and you know we want to make sure that 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 they're not forgotten. You know, a lot of times people people say uh, that, that that they they're doing things for them or, or say that they remember them, but they 
they don't always take that extra step. And we're trying to make sure we do that to, to show just how important they are to, to all of us. Has anyone reached out after the announcement to say they want to be a part of this, uh, any new organizations, or is that still maybe too early? Uh, it, I, it, it could have happened. It, it hasn't happened that, that I'm aware of, but, but I, I'm not involved in, in all of those discussions, so, so I'm not sure on that end. But I, 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 I figure that will happen. I know there's, there's a lot of organizations that will want to be a part of it. We're, uh, we're trying to figure out exactly which organizations we're going to we are going to give a portion of the proceeds from our Stars and Stripes Outpost, the, the badge we have on sale now, the special special seating. We're going to give a portion of that to some different military organizations, and we're trying to decide which organizations those are now. But we know a lot of people are going to want to get involved with it. Yeah, I'm sure I don't have to remind most of our listeners, but it's still fun to talk about. Uh, the Greenbrier, of course, has a long-standing history with uh, the government military. Uh, of course, the uh, government fallout shelter, which was maintained at the Greenbrier for many years, and that gives a, a nice backstory to this. It does, and we've we've had you know we were Ashford General Hospital during World War II, where we were an Army tr- hospital to, to treat soldiers, so that. That's another connection with the military, and of course, we've had 27 presidents visit over the years, which is, of course is another another connection. We have a large portion of our, our team members at the Greenbrier. I think 73 members of our staff have have uh, served in the military, so there, there's there's a ton of connections there, and that just uh, another reason that the guy that greets people at the, the front door every day, Frank Mosley, will actually be. Uh, be honored this year during the Green Bar Classic. He's a Korean War veteran who was, who was actually received a Purple Heart when he was shot above the eye during that conflict. So there's just so many connections and just a, a great way to extend that and, and, and kind of celebrate that history. You've got this announcement, so a lot of attention back on the Greenbrier. And then uh, I'm sure you've been inundated with uh, emails, phone calls, requests about more information after uh, Bethesda Software announced that their game Fallout 76 would be based in West Virginia, and of course the Greenbriars featured prominently in the game as well as other landmarks. So what's that experience been like for you? That's been fun to see. I, I kind of learned about it along with everybody else when, when Bethesda released some of those uh, trailers promoting the video game, but it was, was kind of neat to see and uh, exciting to see not only the Greenbrier, but, but all these different places in West Virginia be represented. I think a yeah, I think West Virginians are proud of their state, unlike more more than anybody else. So I think that it will get a great response from people who are thrilled to see their state featured in the game. Has there been a an uptick as far as people inquiring, or again, are we too early to tell here? Uh, there has been uh, a little bit. I think of uh, you know when people. Are you talking about from the game specifically? Yeah, the game for yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, there has been. I think you know just uh, when people kind of see see West Virginia on the game and they, they kind of wonder why then they, they, they learn about the bunker and then they want to know more about the bunker. It, it's amazing from, from a PR perspective and working, fielding some of those requests day after day, how many people learn about the, the bunker on an almost daily basis and don't know anything about it, but find it interesting and want to come experience it. It's, it's one of the most popular things we have at the Greenbrier and it, it, it never, never seems to slow down. There's always somebody interested in finding out more about it. Cam Huffman is our guest director of public relations and content at the Greenbrier. So let's talk golf. That's the that's the main attraction here. And uh, as we get closer to the event itself, uh, seems like there's a lot more buzz for the tournament this year than maybe in the last few years. Uh, are you feeling that as well, that you know, things are, are starting to ramp back up to where we're used to it being? 
Yeah, for sure. I think I think last year was you know just kind of a, everybody was excited to see it back and just but didn't kind of know what to expect. But I think now with a, with a year of having it back under our belts, a year for the course to mature and grow and everything is almost back to, to business as usual. So I think, I think a lot of people are excited about it. We have a player commitments coming in daily that we're, we're hoping to continue to, to pick up as a, the tournament near. So we're, we're excited about what's ahead. Now, as I mentioned earlier, you've been pretty busy because not only have you got the Greenbrier Classic, now a military tribute at the Greenbrier again. We've got to get used to it as well. Um, you're going to be pretty busy with tennis uh, continuing to happen at the Greenbrier. If you could uh, talk a little bit about that since uh, you sent some announcements out today. And, of course, that's building upon everything else that's happening. Yeah, we have the uh, Greenbrier Champions Tennis Classic. It's uh, September 15th and 16th, and we're really excited about that this year. We've we've had this before. I think this is the eighth year, I believe, of, of the, the Champions Tennis Classic. But we have been having two events in the summer. We've had one June event, one September event, and we were, were not getting quite the interest that we'd hoped to get in the June event. So we decided what we're going to do is combine them both and make just one giant weekend of tennis. And that, that's what we've done. So we'll have... Uh, We'll have four different matches, six different players, two days worth of tennis, and really excited that it's going to be featuring the, the Williams sisters. We'll have both of them there. We've had Venus the last couple of years with us, but now we're going to get Serena as well. And thrilled about that. And then we're going to have a men's match in, in, a, in a legends match as well. So we'll have uh, men's singles, women's singles, mixed doubles in a legends match, two days full of tennis at, at one price. And if anybody's interested in coming to see that, uh, you need to, to get online at, at greenbar.com slash tennis classic quickly because we the Williams sisters have really amped up our ticket sales, and we only have about 150 tickets remaining. So if you want to want to come see it, you need to hurry. I was going to ask you, that was my next question. Uh, this thing just sells itself now with the Williams sisters. It, it has. Well, you know, we've, we've had meetings year, the last few years of, of how we're going to promote it and how we're going to sell tickets, but we haven't had to do much of anything this year. Just the mouth that the Williams sisters sell themselves. So yeah, we, the, once we announced those, they sold like crazy. We sell, sell a weekend bundle, so you get both days and it's it, and all four matches for sixty dollars. Is the is for the upper level tickets and, and upper levels is all that remains. The lower level sold out in almost no time. But if you if you haven't been to Center Court at Creekside, our, our tennis venue. The upper-level tickets are still amazing. It's a beautiful view, and you're still really up close and personal with these tennis players. So if you like tennis or you're just curious about seeing the big names like the Williams sisters, it's definitely the place to do it. I'm sure it's got to make the event an easy sell as well as far as getting tennis players to come in, knowing that Venus and Serena, they're coming. They're going to be a part of it. Uh, if you're not Venus or Serena, uh, player in the world so if they're coming everybody else i'm sure falls in line as well yeah and just it, we've really built, built a reputation with with this event over the years we've had kind of a who's who of tennis with you know we've had pete sampras andre agassi and john mcenroe and uh, a little bit of every everybody all any big name in tennis we've, we've almost had so it's the, the reputation is out there and you know these, these players have a great time when they're here too they, they don't just come play tennis they they play golf. They go off-roading. They, they take advantage of, of all the different activities at the Greenbrier. Uh, Martina Hingis was here last year. She did a lot of horseback riding. But, so they come, they bring their families, and they have a lot of fun. So, yeah, it's, a, it's an easy sell when it comes to recruiting players. They they all want to come. And, and one, the ones who who have come call almost every year and beg to come back because they, they want to be a part of it again. 
Joining us on the program, Cam Hoffman, Director of Public Relations and Content at the Greenbrier. Before we let you go, Cam, anything else you want to add or uh, anything else you want to promote that we maybe missed? Um, no, just uh, get online and, and, and find out more about tennis and, and, and the uh, military tribute at the Greenbrier. See, I'm having trouble as well. And uh, also, um, one event I didn't mention is Houston Texans will actually be back in town for training camp on uh, July 25th. <laughs> They'll be here for about two weeks. I think those those dates will be official dates will be announced sometime in the next three or four days. But uh, it starts July 25th, so it's a good opportunity to come out and see an NFL training camp right in right in our own backyard. So that's pretty exciting as well. Cam, we appreciate your time. Uh, have a great weekend, and uh, it's going to be pretty busy real soon at the Greenbrier. It is. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. That's Cam Huffman, Director of Public Relations and Content at the Greenbrier. He's been pretty busy as of late between tennis, golf, of course. Everyone else asking about the Greenbrier now that it's in a video game. So he's got a great job right now. If you're a public relations director, you're working basically by sitting at your desk and everything's coming to you, it feels like, I'm sure. No, Cam does a great job. He does a fantastic job of working it every day for the Greenbrier. We're going to take our next break, come back. We're going to talk West Virginia Power Baseball. David Kahn joins us from the Power He'll get us caught up on what's happening with the team. And later on, your phone calls. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Want to welcome to the program now a day later than scheduled. We didn't have a show yesterday. And unfortunately, um, well, I knew that about 15 minutes uh, after David Kahn from the West Virginia Power texts me. He's like, we're doing a show today? And I'm, oh, that's right. We don't have a show. He's with us now. I've got to make it up to him. So uh, sorry about that yesterday, man. It's my fault. No, that's all right. I, I messed up, man. I was driving, picking up dinner, and I get this text from you, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I had David booked. <laughs> no, it, it's all good, man. You know I'm always willing to around for you how you been um it's been a good week for the power so i bet you're good right now yeah i'm i'm good uh it has been a good week you know unfortunately canapolis doesn't want to lose so uh playoffs looking dim for us right now but the team is positive uh we're looking we're looking up uh looking looking good going into the end of the first half and uh things are rolling the good news here of course uh, as we always mention there's a second half of the season you feel that this team is getting to a point now where a second half run is what this team is maybe built for? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I think that the first half run, you know, we kind of had that two week stretch where things didn't go well, and that might have cost us the first half championship. But this team is, a, you know, the team has some growing pains. They have some struggles that they need to get through, and and hopefully that that was the two week period where they had to get through the struggles, and now they'll just continue to roll. Obviously, second half, we'll probably have some new faces on this team. Some team people will go away from or leave that, you know, to get a promotion or, or what have you. But, you know, I, I think the core of this team will stay together, and, and hopefully this team is built for a second half run. Kind of felt like in the, the last week that either power were getting all the, the breaks and taking advantage or – just a thing here or there that could have maybe helped them with a couple more wins. Uh, you know, come back in the ninth yeah. a few games ago. Yeah, uh, you know, just a, a bad second dooms the power, and then it felt like maybe 
all right, they're not going to let that get them down, and then you see the wins come again. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, there were just a few things that you would look at and go, if this didn't happen, we probably would have won the game. And I think that happened in Hickory at the start of the, at the, start of the road trip. We probably should have won three or four against the Crawdads, maybe even swept them. But things happen. It's baseball. And you move on, and this team has really taken it to a very, very good team in the Green Jackets who are struggling of late, and the power have just found ways to win last night. Last night, we honestly, you know, Augusta battled against Cody Bolton. They got the first runs off of them all season, and they had a 2-1 lead, but we battled back in the eighth and the ninth inning and were able to come out with a win because Augusta made a mistake and we capitalized on it. So that's the opportunities that we're taking advantage of now that we haven't been earlier in the year. David Collins, our guest from the West Virginia Power. So now um, you're off the road. You're feeling feeling a little bit better now, sleeping in your own bed, getting back to maybe a normal routine, and you get the Delmarva Shorebirds. Uh, this is the first time the Powers faced Shorebirds this year, right? Correct. Yeah, this is the first time we have faced Delmarva this year. Uh, Delmarva's been a good team. Uh, you know, Canapolis has, has uh, handed it a little bit to the Shorebirds uh, here in this series. Uh, that they were playing against them, but uh, they got knocked. They've now knocked out of the postseason play, and uh, we're facing the Delmarva Shorebirds uh, tomorrow, starting at Appalachian Power Park. And uh, it should be a great series to close the first half. They've got a good hitting team. They've got three All Stars all on their offensive side. A really good pitching staff led by Matthias Dietz, who is the Orioles minor league pitcher of the month in May. So we're uh, we're certainly excited to get a chance to test our own against the Delmarva Shorebirds. Is Dietz an all-star candidate, possibly? Because they've got three, but uh, looking at Dietz, you know, was he close to maybe making the all-star in your mind? Yes, and uh, you know, there's a there's a reason why he wasn't, and the reason why is because you, as an all-star voter, you can only vote for um, one pitcher on the all-star ballot. Uh, that's all we're allowed to vote for. So uh, each team gets five ballots, and you can only vote for five pitchers. So and you and but you know there are a lot of pitchers in this league that are deserving of being an all-star and a lot of pitchers didn't get it like Blake Wyman our bullpen guy that was lights out the entire year and is now in Brainston did not get an all-star nod I think that was a huge snub I think he deserved to be an all-star but I mean hey he'll take a promotion over an all-star nod any day of the week so you know it, it, uh, it, it is what it is and the all-star voting is is I think it, it may be slightly flawed but it is what it is it's been that way for a long time and you kind of got to roll with it. Yeah, I think you bring up a great point. Uh, promotion's always nicer than an all-star. I mean, those are nice, but if you're going to tell a guy, hey, you can be an all-star or, hey, you can move up closer to your dream and make it into a big league roster, I think he's taking that. No, oh, it's not even a question, Paul. I mean, you know, if, if, I, if I told you, Paul, I can promote you to Bradenton tomorrow – or you can go to Brave, or or you can be an All Star, and you might stay the rest of the league in West Virginia and Charleston. You're going to Bradenton tomorrow. I mean, that's David Kahn's our guest from the West Virginia Power. So, um, rest of the bullpen, are we looking maybe at a pitching duel here, or is uh, Dietz their uh, their main guy as far as that's concerned? Uh, I think Dietz is their main guy. I haven't really done a whole lot of looking at them yet. I'm still focused here on Augusta because we got one more game against them, trying to go for a sweep here, um, but. Uh, Deeds is definitely their seems like their main guy. I mean, they've had a pretty solid pitching staff all season long. I think this is going to be a, a, a nice hitting series for both teams. Actually, um, I'm really looking forward to the series. Honestly, uh, I, I'm I have heard you know 
that Delmarva has been a, a pretty solid team all season long, and I think it'll be a good test if we can perform well against them to wrap up the first half. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, of course, at the ballpark. Uh, and the good news for you is uh, there's a, a lot going on, not just the baseball, which should be the real reason why everyone comes out, but uh, there's a, a lot of things happening. And, of course, uh, West Virginia Day celebration at the ballpark. I can't think of a, a better place to be if you're in Charleston or at least close to the ballpark than being at there, being there for that celebration. Oh, I, I totally agree. We've got post-game fireworks as well on Friday. We're excited to have those. Huntington Bank putting those on for us to kick off the home stand. Uh, Bluetooth speaker giveaway on Saturday as part of that West Virginia Day celebration, thanks to our friends at Appalachian Tower. And on Sunday, Father's Day, of course. Um, what's better than celebrating Father's Day at the ballpark? Uh, Lincoln County Day as well. So we're going to be celebrating the, the residents of Lincoln County with uh, some help from our friends at the Southern WV Health System. And, um, you know, we have also got a kid Sunday Sunday to wrap things up in the first half and, you know, send Cal and Dion off to the All-Star game and the rest of the guys get a, a three-day reprieve and then back to business. How have those two performed uh, after being named to the All-Star? Have you noticed a little pep in their step here? Uh, business as usual? What's usually uh, Yeah, been business the... as usual. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, business as usual for them. I mean, look, they're both excited to be All-Stars. There's no question about it, but... To them, I mean, they've got more work to do. Uh, they're focused on, you know, improving themselves and getting to the next level. So uh, whatever they can do to get there, they're going to keep doing it. Just because there's an all-star doesn't mean that they're going to they're gonna slack off or think they're better than anybody else. I mean, there are a lot of guys on this team that I think are deserving of being an all-star and, and weren't given the nod. So, uh, you know, Cal and Dion happen to get the nod. Huge congratulations to them. Very, very deserving nods to them. But I, I don't think they're taking it as a, oh, we're better than everybody else. It's, all right, look, we got this nice award, and we're going to go have, have a good time in Greensboro for three days. But, you know, we still have to make sure that we're ready when it comes time to, uh, to get back ready for the second half. And, uh, Paul, I have to step aside and, and mention for a second, I'm watching O'Neill Cruz at BP right now, and he just parked one over the batter's eye. Nice. Uh, in, straightaway, in straightaway center field, and it, still, it was rising over the batter's eye. So uh, that was fun to watch. Is that sort of a character check as far as, okay, these guys got all-star nods, and then just to see how they handle it, I'm sure the majority know it's a great thing, but – They've got business to take care of, but there's still that guy that maybe doesn't know how to handle it. Is that fair? Uh, yeah, and I think Cal and Dion have both handled it very well. You I mean I don't think I don't think that they are sitting there going like, "All right, we're all stars, yada yada." You know, we are we're the best of the bunch. Uh, it's hey, we were honored with an all star nod. We're very grateful to be honored with an all star nod, but it doesn't mean that you know we have the we have the upper hand on all of you guys. It's uh, it's now it's time to to show why we were all stars. Now now it, I think it might even it might even put more pressure on them to perform. David Kahn's our guest from the West Virginia Power dodging balls at batting practice as well. Uh, live under <laughs> fire. You you bring no, it all I'm, to the I'm program. In, I'm I'm, uh, I'm up in the in the uh, confines of the press box, but I have a, a nice view of BP right now as I'm I'm watching. I, they just wrapped up BP actually, but uh, O'Neill Cruz just put on a show. Let's just put it that way. He parked probably five balls, uh, center right. One almost got out in left center. Uh, I mean, watching him take BP is a gift every day. So you're not going to have that for a few days. Um, 
you're, you're going to have some no. time off. But, so what are you going to do? I mean, has that set in yet that you're just not going to have that for a few days? I mean, I'm not going to have West Virginia Power Baseball for a few days. I actually am going to a baseball game during my All Star break. Smart. Uh, I said that. I yeah, I said this uh, yesterday when I was uh, went on Jock Talk, um, and uh, I am going on vacation for three days. Um, a a much needed vacation as I love baseball season, but it is a grind just like it is for the players. So uh, I will be taking some time off. Um, for the sake of my sanity, I'm not going to say where I'm going. Um, I will be going on vacation. It's not anywhere remote or anywhere that you can't reach me, but I'm just not going to say where I'm going. And uh, uh, I will be enjoying myself for three days, and then I'll be back and ready to go June 21st in Hickory. I'm, I'm intrigued now. I'm not going to ask you on the air <laughs> where you're going, but I'm intrigued now to where that will be. Uh, will there be photos, uh, blogging of this? I'll, What's going on? I'll, I'll, uh, I'll text you afterwards. Okay. That sounds I'll fair. I'll you know. That sounds... It's not a big secret. I'm just I'm 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 I I would like a I I would like a vacation from from uh from everything for three days. Uh, as as much as I love you know I love this game and I love this team. I love West Virginia fans and everything like that. But I would like a vacation to myself for three days. So that's why I'm not saying it over the air. Okay, fair enough. Very very good. Yeah. No, nothing against anybody or, or anything like that. I just I, I am not disclosing it for my own personal reasons. And it's also very smart because you never know who's listening. Exactly. That I, I, I operate the same way for many years. Everyone asks where I go on vacation. If I'm if I'm saying it over the air, I just I kind of mumble and say I'm going for three days and I'll see you on Friday. <laughs> David Kahn's our guest from the West Virginia Power. Power back in action at home, the homestand, between June 15th and 17th. More information, you can always go to the website, find out where you can get your tickets, all that good stuff. And, of course, um, we'll have you back on after vacation to um, yeah. kind of find out what happened on vacation. Um, I'm curious. <laughs> I, I mean, there, there will be a postmortem on this, right? I mean, we can get that at least. Yeah, yeah. After I come back, I'll tell I'll tell everyone where I went, what I did. It'll be it'll be a great show. I think I know where you're going. I think you're going to actually secretly be meeting with the uh, the developers of Fallout '76, and uh, Appalachian Power Park is going to be in the game, right? Wow. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm doing. Come on, everyone I, else. I, everyone else has got you're, uh, something you're, you're in the, the game. You're the first person to guess that, but that's yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. You're right. It makes it makes sense, right? I mean, it does. Yeah, it's sure. It makes total. I mean, yeah, it does make sense. I mean, I, I've always wanted to help design a video game, so I, I had the opportunity, and, and I'm going to be doing that. So yeah, that's yeah, I'm I'm impressed. You know me very well, Paul. You know this conversation with um, a few few minutes ago. We. Uh... We had uh, Cam Huffman on the program from the Greenbrier talk about the uh, name change, and it sure. was it was a little bit more of a serious tone when we talked to him about the Greenbrier and he, <laughs> in the game, and, and he was excited about it too. So uh, it's, it's a thing; it really is. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is, and uh, I I look forward I look forward to it coming out whenever, whatever it is. David Kahn, our guest, West Virginia Power. Thanks, man. I always appreciate it. It's always fun time with you, and uh, I look forward to that every week. So we'll talk to you next week uh, or uh, a week or so after the vacation to find out really what happened. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk at the end of next week. I'll, I'll set something up with you after I get back. Good deal. He's David Kahn. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. See you.
David Kahn, West Virginia Power. We're going to take our next break, come back, make time for your phone calls at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. We'll get more on the way here. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Thursday edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. There's an interesting story about Western Kentucky's budget woes. Um, The gist of the story is that Western Kentucky Athletic Director Todd Stewart lost millions of dollars worth of ground to Conference USA rivals, or at least the one they're talking about, North Texas. North Texas is up and coming in Conference USA. I think that's fair to say. Their their budget got bumped a little bit because their athletic student fees went from $10 per semester credit hour to... 16 dollars $16.25. $10 to $16.25. So their um their athletic budget increased by three and a half million. And so they're now making a little bit more money towards the athletic department. And then Western Kentucky, the university announced a budget stabilization plan. And it recommended a cut to the athletic department of more than a million. So all of a sudden, according to the athletic director there, Todd Stewart, uh, they gained four and a half million on him in one week. And he pointed out the fact that we're doing great in Conference USA right now. They pointed out that they have right now a commanding lead over Conference USA peers and championships. And that's fair. Western Kentucky came in, and they were able to compete and win right away. They've won 24 regular season or tournament league championships across all its sports over the last four seasons. Middle Tennessee is second at 12, Rice at 11, North Texas has nine. I think North Texas is going to catch up a little bit. I think Western Kentucky is going to go down a little bit. Some of that, I'm sure, tied to football and basketball as well. They've been very successful over the years. That's a good program. It was a very successful program coming into Conference USA. Marshall, just look at Marshall's numbers. And, again, this is from um, since um, 2014-15, Marshall can only say four Conference USA championships. Now, is that budgetary or is that coaching? What is that? And Stewart, in this article points out the fact that they didn't have that good of a year in track. And they had to cut track's budget a couple of years ago, and it's starting to catch up to them. And he said, we did not have the type of team success this year that we've historically had. That's 100% related to the fact the budget was cut. He also added, my concern is if this continues, it won't just be a track issue. It'll be across the board. When you start losing, especially for budget reasons, it's that much harder to climb out of the hole. I truly hope it is the end of it. Now, it's going to be tough across the board for Conference USA schools. I don't think he's in a unique position. Unfortunately for Western Kentucky, their athletic operating budget for the upcoming sports season, they're at $23.3 million. They are 12th out of 14 Conference USA schools. 
Of course, uh, credit to the Daily News covering uh, Western Kentucky. So uh, credit them for, for the research there. The average athletic operating budget for Conference USA programs is over $27 million. Uh, Western Kentucky ranks 11th in revenue from student athletic fees at $4.1 million. That is, um, that is out of 12. 11th out of 12. Now, on the one hand, I don't think you should have the students bear the full cost of this. I wouldn't put that on their back because for a lot of kids, a lot of students that go to Marshall, Western Kentucky, or, or whatever, um, they're there to get the education. They're not there to support the athletics. Now, they can take advantage of opportunities, get free tickets, admission, and all that. So it's a, it's a really tough balancing act. And that's going to do it for this edition of the show. I want to thank Gabriel Sellert, our producer, taking good care of us. We're going to be back tomorrow. We'll do it all over again. Don't forget, you can listen to us on demand, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, tune in, or wherever you find your podcast. Good night. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Huntington Sports Station.